This is the Couch Talk Podcast. I'm Justin Radin, joined by my usual co-host, Ari LaFell. What's going on, Ari? How are we doing today? We're doing all right. Yeah, the NBA has been back for about a week now, which is, which is great news. But we had a Woj bomb today. Instead of the July 31st start date that was initially reported, it's a big deal. They're moving it up July 30th. One Mas- day. Massive Woj bomb, breaking news. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. Um, like, is Woj just fucking with me or what's going yeah. on? But, um, listen, I'm excited to get basketball back whenever we do. They could have told me it's August 31st starting and I'd be happy. I, I don't fully understand why it, it's taking a full two months from the agreement, from the date of the agreement to actually starting to play. I understand there are a lot of extenuating circumstances. Not thrilled about the fact that it's taking so long, but you can read about that on the Real Couch Talk website. I wrote about it yesterday. Excited to get basketball back whenever we do. Right, and you would hope that when they come back, uh, they're going out to Orlando on July 7th, that when they get back, because they've had this time to you know, know when they're gonna start, they should be in better shape than, as if, than if they were starting next week. The problem, I think, is the longer this goes, the more concern rises from actually starting this up. Today um, and yesterday, we started to see a little bit of, of rumors cons- um, dealing with players getting a little bit worried about going to Florida. They don't wanna play. Now, if you have a private doctor sign off, you may not have to go to Orlando. So I feel like the longer this drags out, we're going to see players just start dropping with flies. And even today, Carmelo Anthony came out and said that that he still has a little doubt, um, that there's just too much unknown right now. Um, I think the NBA owners signed something that allows for players to not be required to come. Um, So we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, I I still think that the the top teams who really have a chance to win the title, they're going to be there in full, and that's the most important part. But we're going to have to see how it plays out because there is a lot of unrest right now among the players. So, like I mentioned, they're going to be heading out to Orlando on July 7th. Before then, they'll be gathering in their home cities, a couple of mini training camps before they do. And then they'll start with eight regular season games on July 31st. Now, as it's currently situated, the Lakers will be playing the Grizzlies. The Utah Jazz will be playing OKC. Denver is playing against Houston and the Clippers against Dallas. So that's the playoffs if they started today, not those eight regular season games. If those are the playoffs right now, who do you like there? Well, I think the two series that jump off the page to me are Nuggets versus Rockets. I could see that going seven games. And then Clippers versus Mavs. I mean, definitely taking the the Clippers in that series, but... I think, you know, assuming that Doncic and Porzingis are in shape and ready to go, that's not a great matchup for the Clippers in the first round because, I mean, we know how, how electric Doncic can be. And can they take two two games, maybe take a third from the Clippers? It's definitely possible. Um, I think you'll you'll probably see the Lakers, Lakers and Clippers move on for sure. And then the Jazz were playing who? Jazz were playing OKC. Yeah, that's a good series. I like OKC there. I like yeah, OKC a lot. I like the OKC team. Um, I think I think Chris Paul has has had a lot to prove this season. I think he's proved it. This was a big season for Chris Paul, right? Big like season. I I feel like he uh, you know I think he's properly rated, but I think sometimes we forget about him and how good he for is sure. and what a great leader he is. And and Shea Gilgis has been incredible. They're a good team. I also think Chris Paul his name got slandered last yeah, offseason because definitely. there was all this stuff between him and Harden, and then he was shipped out, and he just kind of stayed quiet. 
and then he he's played great this season, and he's kept that team in the middle of the Western Conference playoff race, which is awesome. The Nuggets versus Rockets. Who do you have in that series? I have the Nuggets. You have the Nuggets. I, uh, Jokic, first of all, six pack Jokic. Yeah. This is appearing today on Twitter. He's trend. He's the number one trending topic as we speak. Um, but Harden's also slender Harden. So yeah. it's now we have six pack Jokic versus slender Harden. I don't know who wins that one. Yeah, I mean six pack Jokic is exciting. I mean the the Rockets completely revamped their team in the middle of the season. I don't think they have a guy over six nine now. PJ Tucker center. Yeah, theoretically Jokic should be able to dominate inside. But at the same time, the Rockets were playing really well when the season was stopped. So I think that game's going seven. I think it's a toss-up. I'm taking whatever team has the better odds. So I took a future uh, Nuggets plus 2,200 before the season. And I don't love that you know the, that they're playing Houston. Obviously, they're better than Dallas. And, and then they do have to go face the Clippers. You know, um, But I, Denver's a well-coached team. And... I like what, what Jokic can do, and I never trust Westbrook in the playoffs. Fair enough. I hate Westbrook I also will say, Jamal Murray came out the other day and said that he thinks that they're the best team in the West. And so, I mean, who who better to trust than uh Off-season than training videos, team, best shape so. of their life, and our team's Jamal the best Murray, team in the conference. Jamal Murray ready to go. We got six-pack Jokic. We'll see. So do you think, are you betting on the Lakers just as, like, your number one? or? Yeah, I think the Lakers win the title. Okay. See, here's so so besides from those eight teams in the West, uh, the whole format is they're bringing 22 teams to Orlando. The Wizards are going to come in the East, but in the West, it's a lot more interesting. They have the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Kings. Uh, who else do we have here? The Suns, and the and the that's it, that right? Last team, the Pelicans. Pel- so, I mean, that's pretty interesting, and yeah. I think. What's so what's so fun about this style is now we're gonna see eight games. Oh, sorry, the Blazers. The Blazers, Blazers instead of the Pel- um, mentioned the Pelicans, Blazers too. So now we have eight games to see if they can catch the Grizzlies. Now the Grizzlies are only I believe three and a half yeah. up right now on both the Blazers and the Pelicans. Yeah, I think the Pelicans are tied in that. So we're gonna have there. we're gonna have a fun eight games. It seems like, and what better player than Dame to take his team in the in that setting? Yeah, I mean. All things equal, if all teams are at full strength, I would probably take the Blazers to to be in that eight spot when it's all said and done, just because they have the experience. I mean, Dame is a top eight player in the league, probably, probably yeah. at, at least top ten. Um, he's a clutch player. You have two guys in him and McCollum who can absolutely get scorching hot in an eight-game stretch. Um, and just the experience of playing those crunch time games and if they're within four games, that means that they have a chance, and I would take them over any team in that uh, little oh, pool there. I mean, if you remember in uh, February, Lillard had a six-game stretch where he averaged 48.8 points, 7.2 rebounds, and 10 assists per game. I mean, that's, that's almost a similar sample size of what we're about to see. Who says Lillard can't average 60 points during this time? Yeah, I mean, we've seen him do it. We saw him dominate last year in the playoffs, taking his team to the the conference finals. He beat up on Westbrook and George. Um, He's electric. He's one of the best scorers in the league, and um, an eight-game stretch like this is perfect for him to just come out and dominate. So besides watching Lillard, is there any... I mean, every team kind of has this fun dynamic. You have 
the Suns with Booker and Aiden. You have the Spurs with their 22-game playoff streak on the line. Um, you know, Pelicans have Zion. Yeah, I'd say something I'm, I'm very excited about is for the Suns, I think, I think it's huge that they're coming back. I mean, I get they don't have the best shot of making it, but in terms of, I mean, they have their core. They're building around Aiton and Booker for the next, probably in their minds, hopefully 10 years, right? Decade. Right. Booker hasn't played a meaningful game since college. I mean, yeah. he just hasn't. His team has been terrible. He hasn't played for Team USA at all. So for him to get these crunch time games and to, to come in and get that playoff type experience, even if they don't actually make it to the playoff or to the play, play in tournament, as they call it, um, I think it's huge for, for his development to get these games in. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's also fun to see. It's like a little revenge tour. We'll see what Ball's going to do with mm -hmm. Zion. We'll see a little bit more of Zion. Everyone kind of the conspiracy theories. That's why the NBA included the, some of those teams. I don't really have that much to watch with the Kings. Aaron Fox is all right. Buddy Heald's fun. but Marvin Marvin Bagley's got a ton of talent. Yeah. Um, we'll see what he develops into. I mean, the Kings are the Kings are a really fun team. I just think that there are other storylines that kind of overshadow them a little bit. Um, but they're good. I mean, yeah. last year they were good. They were in the thick of it for a long time, too. And they can make a run. It's not out of the question. Luke Walden still has some some big shoes to fill over there. Yeah. He has to step it off. I think what will be interesting about this is that we're getting the... I mean, first of all, they're calling this the tournament when it's a series. Yeah, I, I mean, just... It's just just false advertising. Yeah. Don't don't tell me I'm having a tournament. There's no tournament here. And then it's just... It could end in one game. Yeah. So... It's it's a series. It's a series. It's a series. What are we what are we going around know. throwing the word tournament around for? They, for the first couple of days when the details were coming out, they were calling it a tournament, and I'm like, oh, all right, there's a tournament coming on. Where where's the tournament? And then they just kept referring to the eight playing the nine, but they're so that's not a tournament. I don't know where where they're getting this this term. Why the yeah mixing I, up terms? I remember when we first spoke about it, I was like, yeah, this tournament's gonna be awesome, and you were like, it seems like it's just yeah. gonna be eight versus nine, and I was like. That's not a tournament. Yeah. That's false advertising. I don't know. Woj probably didn't play in many tournaments growing up. Yeah, maybe that's not a tournament. Misinterpretation. But what what it will be is a March Madness like style, in the sense that we'll get eight games, balls to the wall, those teams that are trying to catch the Grizzlies, which is you know, they're very it's a very attainable goal, especially with a very young Grizzlies team. It's it's a March we didn't get we didn't get March Madness this year. But this will kind of be a March Madness because we have Everyone's in an isolated space, and you have a certain amount of time to try to get hot. And if you do get hot, you're facing a Lakers team that, obviously, they're picked to go to the finals. LeBron's probably been working out every day, but they might be rusty. Obviously, we don't know that. We don't know what they're going to look like in those eight games, but the eight has a lot more to play for than the Lakers do in Absolutely. those regular season games. Absolutely. And, I mean, if the – listen, I don't see, I don't see any eight-seed – in either conference beating the one seed, whether it be the Bucks or the Lakers, just because I think the Lakers are, and Bucks are so far superior to any team that they'll play. But, I mean, we've seen it before where a team is playing meaningful basketball down the stretch. We've seen it in other sports, too. Um, and they come in, and they're ready to go. They've basically been playing playoff basketball. Yeah. And the other team has kind of been just trying to find itself. So is it possible that, you know, the Blazers can, can take the 8th seed and then maybe take a game or two off the Lakers? I would say maybe a game. Um, but it'll definitely be fun from a fan's perspective, yeah. for sure. 
I mean, what's definitely true is uh, this format favors some teams and it doesn't favor others. And I'd For say sure. LeBron, Kawhi, it favors aging veterans or guys who have had injury history, who have had time to sit, but then will also uh, have time during the eight-game eight regular season where they're not they're not playing for much. Basically, it's, it's you're playing for the eight seed. Everything else is kind of set. So for those eight games, they can work themselves back into shape um, and then be ready for the playoffs. Who do you think? I mean, who else do you think this favors? I I think the team it favors the team it favors most are the Clippers because you know everyone was hoping for a Clippers Lakers showdown in the Western Conference Finals. That would be tough for the Clippers because they basically playing an away game yeah. every single night. I mean, they have they'd have three home games and the colors would be Clippers, but the the fans would be Laker fans. Yeah. So, I mean, that in and of itself is huge. And the Lakers losing that home field home court advantage on the on the flip side that they worked so long for. I mean, the Lakers are a veteran-led team, so getting this rest is huge for them. But losing the home court advantage is massive and the Clippers aren't losing any home court advantage. Yeah. I think it favors it favor yeah, it favors the vets and it favors teams that don't need the home court advantage, right? It, if you're a young team, the Grizzlies, let's say the Grizzlies were in the playoffs, if they were in Memphis, it would be electric. Yeah. I mean, it, FedEx, the FedEx stadium would be electric, and they would be able to feed off that and, and maybe even steal a game. But now they're kind of having to to zone in and go play the Lakers just with nothing nothing in their advantage. So I think that's who it definitely favors, teams who can lock in. I think it favors coaches who can keep a team focused. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there. If you're in the finals, finals start September 30th, you're going to be there for a couple months. That's hard. There's no going down the South Beach. Oh, yeah. No, that's tough. And and that's where having LeBron is, is, right. is such an advantage because he's so mentally strong and just so he can lock in. I mean, you know, playoff LeBron, yeah. as much of a joke as it's become, it, it's true. Like, he really does become another, take it to another level during the playoffs. And you know, I mean, we've even heard reports during this time off of him keeping his teammates in line, yeah. ready to go. So he's going to have his teammates ready to go. Another team, I think, who should be excited about it is the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Because they're, I think, they're the sixth seed right now. Yeah. The lack of home court advantage doesn't really affect them. Yeah. And they're the type of team who... They have a lot of role players who shoot. Role players who shoot tend to struggle away more than home. So maybe this balances them out and they can they can go on a little run here. And I, I really I couldn't tell you, you know, how much this would impact them. I'm not I haven't done it. But they don't have to go play in Denver now. And so I don't know what the altitude really does. I mean that could just be a myth. The Rockets do play there. I mean it's the Western Conference. I'll say this. I lived in yeah. I lived in Colorado for six months this year. The altitude is real. I mean, you go there from New York or, or wherever you are, yeah. and you climb up stairs and you feel it. Like, that altitude is really legit. That's a huge advantage for, yeah. the, for the Nuggets. It's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Right. So those were the people. I think it doesn't favor, you know, teams that, like the Wizards, like the Suns. I wouldn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, is it really? Yes, you'll get a couple of games under your belt for Booker, for Aiden, but you're now going to this bubble with nothing on the line and no chance to get a top pick in the draft. Yeah. I'd be pretty frustrated. It's not great. It's not a great setup for them. Um, but I mean, listen, like a chance to a chance to make a run at the playoffs, it, like it doesn't come every year. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, who knows when they'll have a chance to even be in the playoff yeah, hunt? Because right now they're in the hunt. Yeah. The Wizards. 
are close. I don't think they're going to do it, especially without John Wall, but they're the only team in the hunt from the East. So it's basically the Nets versus the Magic versus the Wizards. Yeah. So those three teams are in it. Are there other teams? You mentioned the Bucs. Are there other teams besides the Bucs that are drawing your interest in Orlando? I think that the Celtics are really exciting because I think Tatum has really started to take that that superstar leap. He's really taking the leap to the next level. And not only as a scorer on offense, but he's he's become a shutdown defender. Yeah. And he and Jalen Brown are a pretty nasty duo. And then having Kemba to kind of – he can take those shots and yeah, touch closer, time too. Yeah. And the great coaching of Brad Stevens. So they really I, – I think they have, they have a shot to beat the Bucs yeah. in a series for sure. Um, the Sixers are interesting just because, I mean, we know about their talent. I don't think Brett Brown is the guy to take nah. them to the – to the glory land but um they were so good at home all year so bad at away so bad away we'll see how playing in orlando which one that leans to do they feel more like it's playing away or is it more like a home game for yeah. them and i think that could be a huge difference i mean they have a ton of talent and i mean wouldn't it just be great if ben simmons came back and was just jacking threes could you imagine 45 percent. he hasn't been with the supermodels he's been in the gym shooting 400 yeah. threes a day yeah, he, I, he said, Kendall Jenner, not today. Not today. i got to put up some threes today. Um, it's not going to happen. No. I think uh, we might end up in space before that happens, uh, but that would be something. That would be something. And Bede, so we now know that Jokic is, uh, is the six-pack Jokic. Now it's on Embiid. I saw a report today that Embiid has been grinding, um, whatever that means. He's been it wouldn't be a hard. quarantine without the grinding tweets. Yeah, exactly. Um the Sixers are exciting. They have such, they, their team is built for the playoffs, yeah. for sure, because they can D up with anyone. Yeah. Having said that, Simmons always seems to get exposed in the playoffs, his lack of shooting. <coughs> and yes, they were a game away from beating the Raptors last season. They also had J.J. Redick and Jimmy Butler. Um, their team is not as good this year, in my opinion, as last year. Um, the Raptors are slept on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they're just so well-rounded. Nick Nurse is a... Great seems coach. to be a top 10 yeah. coach in the league at least um from the g league i think that in my mind it's it's bucks and then below them you have the celtics raptors uh sixers are kind of there but yeah. i think the celtics have the best shot to unseat the bucks i mean i'm a nets fan i was hoping that katie and Kyrie would be back and they're not coming no, they're not. So I'm going to say the Raptors are going to get by that series. But it's a really interesting Eastern Conference playoffs. And I think a lot of the time, or a lot of this off time, we've been talking about the West, LeBron, Kawhi, the potential meeting in the Western Conference Finals. That Sixer Celtics series could be great. Unbelievable. It has the potential to be a yeah. really, really good series. And I'm not a big Bucks guy. And I there's some people who, who love the Giannis Bucks and, and Giannis this, Giannis that. I said, I said the other day, I have a hot take that the Heat, if they get past the Pacers, will beat the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a scorching hot take. It's definitely not cold. Yeah. Um, my thing, I mean, the Bucks are really well put together. They're really well coached. They obviously have their superstar on Giannis, who is a freak. My problem with them is that in the playoffs, in crunch time, what it comes down to is, do you have a guy who's just going to go and get a bucket? Yeah. And I don't know if Giannis is there yet, where he's just going to say, I'm going at you one-on-one. -on -one. I'll hit a mid-range jumper. Like, he just... It and, and, and Kawhi kind of proved this last year. We'll see if he's made that step. But last year, 
Kawhi basically just shut him down late in games. And I think having that guy to go get shots and the Celtics have two of them down the stretch is what is playoff basketball. That's You need that. You know there's going to be a few guys who come back from this time off and just take like a ridiculous jump. Yeah. I just feel like that's the storyline that has to happen. And I think the media spends a lot of time fairly or unfairly critiquing critiquing these guys in these situations that's their job and after we get back from Orlando when we look back and evaluate what happened there's going to be guys whose reputations are ruined and I think there's going to be guys whose reputations are take a big jump based off what happens in Orlando and that 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 could suck and that could be unfair but I feel like it's going to happen yeah no I, I, I agree with you um, I mean if Harden doesn't play well in the playoffs this year, then it's just going to become, like, officially pe the media. People are going to say he doesn't come through in the playoffs. Um, on the other end, as we've been talking about, you know, if Tatum or Embiid can just can really take off, then then there, it'll all be about how they came ready to play in the playoffs. You know, if someone who's a stud comes in out of shape and, and isn't there, then... So you're right. There will be those narratives that are formed, and it'll be interesting to watch what, what those narratives become. Now, like I said before, I don't think the Wizards are going to shock anyone. But I think someone whose stock can increase a lot more than it already has is Bradley Beal. I feel like this eight-game stretch could be similar to what Lillard's was in February for Beal. Yeah, Beal, Beal's under it. I mean, he's averaging 30 points a game yeah. this year. He, there's no... I mean, there's no one else on that yeah. on that Wizards team. He's gonna take all the shots in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, he does. He's awesome too. He's a, he's a good defender. Um, he can pass the ball. It'll it's gonna be interesting to see if he's still on the Wizards next year, where he ends up. Yeah. Um, he said he wants to play with Wall. At the same time, if he does have a, I think whether or not he has a great Orlando, obviously will help if he does. Teams are gonna come calling with big offers. Yeah, I mean, teams probably already have. Yeah. Um, the Wizards are pretty poorly run, so you don't really know what's yeah, going to happen no there. But yeah, I mean, Beal has a chance. It's going to be prime time, so he has a chance. I mean, if he can light it up for eight games and if he can push that team into the playoffs, that's huge for him. Um, I mean, he's already proven a lot this season, yeah. but we'll see. So forget that. Forget the MVP talk, right? Because it's LeBron, Giannis. I like LeBron. I. I don't really think it's an interesting conversation in terms of there's not that many candidates involved. But if you had to say one guy who could who could be that MVP of the playoffs or be the Orlando MVP, who are some candidates that you think could take that that role on? Um, Besides from the LeBron and the Giannis, right. Kawhi. Um, I mean, I hate to keep coming back to Tatum, yeah. but I had him on my fantasy team this year, and... My fantasy team was really bad, so he was really like, like just a shining light yeah. on my team, and and he was just so good. And I remember watching him play the Lakers at some point in maybe February, and he was just hitting some some crazy shots, just looking so confident. And I think I think there is a scenario where he can help take the Celtics to the finals. Yeah, and if that's the case then he is going to enter a whole new level of superstardom. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I think there's a real argument to be made that by the end of, of, the, of his career, he eclipses Paul Pierce's status in Boston. Like, he could really become a real Boston legend. Yeah. I truly believe that. I mean, when he got drafted, I mean, that's another fun thing is 
Sixers, they they went with Fultz, yeah. and now we could get us. I mean, we've seen it, but we can get it now again. Tatum at a new level versus the Sixers, a little bit of revenge game. That could be interesting too. Yeah, for sure. But you know, I think Tatum's definitely, a, and I feel like this off time has given people a lot of chance, a lot of time to reflect on what already happened in the regular season. And Tatum feels like he took that jump just just in time off. Yeah, feels like we're getting back, and everyone's like, "Wow, Tatum's Tatum's a superstar," and he's played really well. And it feels like it just. He's been a topic of conversation this whole time. Yeah, and I mean, just for reference, I put up a poll on Instagram today of who would you rather have right now, Paul George or Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum is winning in a landslide. So a lot of people are on the Jason Jason Tatum train for good reason. I mean, he's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, So he would be my guy. So I think my guy would be... I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler, and... I think he is just one of these guys who is just going to ignore everything that's going on around him, and he's just – he's a dog. Yeah, he and, I, and I think that he can be underrated at times. I know he can be a pain to play with. and But that Heat team is fun, and I think Butler is just the kind of guy who's just going to get on my back. Let's go. It also seems like they, that team gets along really well, yeah. and they like Jimmy Butler. Um, I, think, I think like a Pat Riley – um, Eric Spolster team is perfect for Jimmy Butler. He and D Wade are close. I think that had a lot to do with Butler going to the Heat. But yeah, I think he really is criminally underrated. I mean, he made such a big impact on the Sixers last year. Everywhere the guy has been, the team has gotten better. Yeah. Literally, yeah. he was on the he was on the Bulls. They were a playoff team. He left. They weren't. He went to the Timberwolves. They were not a playoff team. He got there. They were a playoff team. He left. They weren't. He took the Sixers to Game Seven, and within a couple lucky bounces, yeah. And now he goes to the Heat, and they're what are they in the West right now? Are they fourth or fifth in the East? Uh, yeah. So I mean, he's proven he has a proven track record, and he's a he's a playoff type player in terms of rugged defense. He can get you a shot in the in the closing time. So I'm with you on that. So that's that's basically the a good overview of what's going to go down in Orlando. As we get closer, we'll take a, a deeper look at. Uh, the individual conferences and hopefully it's still on when we come back and talk about this in a couple of weeks but yeah, like we said we have uh just under two months until it actually starts so we'll have time to break this down even further yeah and i'm i'm really interested to see you know, obviously there's a few uh, Woj has definitely spoken to a few big name players who are a little cautious about going and i'm dying to know who that is because yeah. if that gets out that's bad news yeah i i'm just I'm just hopeful. I mean, blind hope, man. Blind hope. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. We have basketball. We yeah, have tunnel yeah. vision, assuming we have basketball. And I will not change my mindset until I see otherwise. So when we get back, we, uh, we'll go to break. And when we get back, we'll do a redraftables. Uh, well, I guess not a redraftables. We will be drafting the top, our top 25, under 25 players in the NBA. We'll each take three guys. And uh, we'll have a draft. We will. Excited. All right, we're back doing the draft for players under 25 who you'd want to start a franchise around. I guess we don't really have a way to do the number one pick here. Yeah, so let's go with a little rock, paper, scissors, little shoot. rock, paper, scissors. Are we going says? We'll do says. All right. On says. Rock, rock paper, scissors, says, shoot. So Ari is one. He has the number one pick. Ari. Kick it off. All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Luka Doncic here with my number one pick. I think that's an easy easy call. He's already at worst the top seven player in the league. 
his numbers are absolutely ridiculous, averaging something like 28, 8, and 8 or something like that this season. LeBron-like numbers, and he's 20 years old. So that's easy for me. I have to be honest, when last year's draft was rolling around, I didn't really know that much about Doncic um, and how he would uh, translate to the NBA. I was wrong. I mean, I didn't think Trey Young would be that great either just because of his size. And, and man, I wish I didn't say that out loud. Because I have to admit, I was very high on Doncic coming in. I had seen that he had literally dominated professional basketball in Europe as like yeah. a 16-year-old, and I was like... I saw it. I just didn't know if I should have believed it. How many European guys actually translate? And that's my bad. I shouldn't judge. No, it's but true. it's true. How many have worked out? I just... Uh, he just... He's... He's... He's, he's amazing. He's incredible. And I think whatever his expectations were, I have to believe he's surpassed it already. Yeah. And people said his... his uh, no, I mean, if he doesn't get any better, he'll yeah. be a top seven player in the league for the next decade. He's if he doesn't yeah. get any better. He's perfect for what the league is right now. Yeah. And and they're going to... You know, he's an easy guy to build around. And he's a good face of the franchise. For sure. Overall, great number one pick. We've been talking about him a lot. So it only makes sense that with my first pick... I'm going to take Jason Tatum. I mean, he is now the face of the Boston Celtics, two-way player. He's a great pick-and-roll player, and he's only 22 years old. So that's that's, that's I feel like that's another easy number one. Yeah, pick. that's I, I agree with that. I would Tatum would have been my guy there too. I thought I you might him. go with him. You do love him, so um, I do love Tatum. Um, so next, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. All right. And I've actually been pretty low on Simmons for the past few years just because it frustrates me that he can't even shoot a 12-foot jump shot. I just think it's crazy that it's his whole life and he can't shoot from outside the paint. Having said that, I think there's a real scenario in which a team can be built around him like the Bucks built around Giannis where he's this point-forward type of guy they surround him with shooters, and he is just free. You know, the, the lane is wide open because it's not clogged by having three, having a center and two power forwards on their team like the Sixers have. Um, so I think if he is freed and the team is built solely around his his talents, I think he could be dominant in the league. It's a good pick. I agree with that, and I, uh, I, I think that... My second pick here is going to be John ja Moran. And there's a couple of guys before him, you know, Carl Anthony Towns for one, who I was debating between. But it's not a center's league. And though Towns can step out and hit the jump shot and is very versatile, look what Ja's done this year. I mean, he's he can run your offense. He's averaging 18 points per game. He's averaging seven assists. He's 20 years old. And he has the Grizzlies in the playoffs in his rookie year. And so automatically I see a guy who can lead a team, put the team on his back, and also score and distribute as a point guard. That's what I want. And he makes the players around him better. Exactly. Which if you're building a team around someone, yeah. that's part of the reason I like Simmons there too. Because yeah. both these guys can facilitate, play make. They're going to make players around them look better. So I like that pick. Now, the Sixers, the, the, the rumors always around the Sixers that there's going to be a trade eventually, right? Like if they can't figure it out, there's a trade. Do you think that Simmons will be traded and be? I actually wrote about this a few weeks ago. I, if I were the GM, I would trade Embiid over Simmons and just I agree with you. go all in on Simmons because I think that 
I mean, Embiid is like is so dominant, but I don't know if I trust his body long term. And I just think that I think the league is built like Simmons is is made to succeed yeah. in this league in a wide open league with shooters around him. That they're just if a team is built around Simmons, I would yeah. be very excited about that. All right, so who's your next pick? So my next pick is Zion. Okay. For multiple reasons. First of all, he's incredible. Yeah. Like his 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 efficiency this year as a rookie was was remarkable. He came in and took a New Orleans team to another level immediately to the point where they're in the playoff race now. ESPN's favorite son. ESPN's favorite son. He's he's being groomed to replace LeBron James is just the pointless headline just yep. to throw the name up there. Um, but I also think that Zion is going to be a different type of superstar that other guys are going to love to play with mm-hmm. because he's not he dominates without having the ball in his yeah. hands. He dominates on the boards. He dominates just he's moving. He's so big. Yeah. He and you know he passes the ball. He's only going to get better, and I think other guys are going to love to play with him. So in terms of building around a guy, yeah, he's awesome for me there. And I think the biggest thing with him is his health. Yes. And whether that will hold up in 10 years with the way he's playing at. But if you're solely going off starting now, I think I think he'll figure out the weight. Um, I'm not sure I'd start a team, a franchise around him because of those injuries, but... Who am I to say that he won't be able to figure out the weight right now with all the information around, you know, health and nutrition? I feel like that's going to be the biggest point of emphasis. I mean, he's averaging 24 points per game, seven rebounds, two assists, and he's having he has a highlight every night. Yeah. So if in terms of you know, especially and his player efficiency rating, I don't have it off him, but it's it's off the charts, and he, I, it's just it's amazing to watch him play because he doesn't need the ball to dominate. Yeah. And. and you know, three, four years down the line, he's he's going to develop a jump shot. He already he already works on it. Yeah. He already is not afraid to pull it out in a game. But he also knows that it's not his his best shot. Yeah. Um, he's smart. He's I mean, a, he really is. He knows what's a good shot. Yeah, you don't see completely. him taking a lot of bad shots. And also, I mean, he is going to be a dominant small ball center. Yeah. He's going to be able to d up small forwards. He's he's just. He's got it all. Seems he's, like a very easygoing guy, too. Yeah, he seems like a guy that a lot of people are going to want to play with down the line. So, for my next pick, I will take the other superstar, I guess, emerging superstar on the New Orleans Pelicans, Brandon Ingram. And that could be, at one point, that was a just a ridiculous pick. But I feel like, first of all, I feel like he's going to get a lot of money in his next contract. So, that's one thing. But he had a really great year, and he's really fun to watch. I really enjoy watching yeah. Brandon Ingram. I like Ingram a lot, too, and I w- even watched him on the Lakers a lot last year. His mid-range game is smooth as silk. Great. He's a criminally underrated defender. I mean, he's 6'10", long arms. He can he, he moves well. He can D up guards. Um, and guess what? How old do you think he is? Do you know? He's like 23. He's 22. He's 22. And I think right now... Guys come into the league so early, and if they don't produce right away, yeah. it's like, we're done, right? Really? And this also worked out great for the Pelicans, because AD wasn't staying long-term. LeBron needed him, and he wasn't going to work out with LeBron. So now Ingram gets his whole this whole environment in New Orleans with a ball around him. He has now Zion. He has a veteran in, in, in Holiday. Last year, 
he averaged 24 this year. He averaged 24 points per game. Yeah. I mean, no, he's, he's a stud. slouch. We're going to look at that Pelicans Lakers yeah. trade in 5, 10 years, and we're going to say, wow, both teams really won that trade. Yeah. Because the Lakers are the best team in the league right now, primed to win a championship, and primed to maybe be in the hunt for the next two, three years, depending on how LeBron ages. And the Pelicans are set up for success for the next decade. So I wonder if the Lakers knew how good or thought they knew how good Ingram was going to be. I, I bet that they probably didn't want to give him up. They just didn't have a choice. I, I think they probably tried to get Kuzma. Because right? he played really well for the Lakers last year, especially when LeBron went out. He played well, but then he got hurt too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Are we doing one more bonus pick? I think let's go one more. All right. I am going to go... Donovan Mitchell here. It's a good one. I just, I think first of all he's made the playoffs. His, is he is he in his third year or fourth year right now? I want to say it's his third. Yeah, and he's made the playoffs his first two years. Um, I think as a rookie he played the Thunder, yeah. beat them, and was the best player in the series. He's a great defender. He's really improved his playmaking. He's a combo guard at this point. And he just seems like he has a really good head on his shoulders, and he seems like a guy who I would want to be the leader of my team. Yeah. Now, I don't know if if he's good enough to be the best player on a championship team, but I think he can get there. I think he might have a similar career arc to Dwayne Wade in a lot of ways. I don't know. Those are lofty expectations. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be that good, but there are a lot of similarities in, uh, between the two of them. So I'm debating here. I mean, I already said the big man is probably not the best guy to build around. But then again, there's a couple of guys on the list. Towns, who's just, he's an all, he's incredible. And then you have Bam Abadiah, who I don't think I, he wouldn't be a guy I'd build around, but he's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And he's exactly what you want in your modern NBA stretch four, small ball five, although he's not that small. However, I'm going to go in a different direction. And we touched on him earlier in the pod. I'm going to go Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yes. Yes. I'm going to get him in there. Yes. I thought when the Clippers took Shea, that was an, I was, he was one of my favorite guys going into the draft. And they had to give him up, right? Rightfully so. You want Paul George to combine with Kawhi, you have to do it. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander is averaging 19 a game with six rebounds, three assists, and he's shooting an 80% clip from the free throw line. And he is clearly... The Thunder's best player. And he's a stud defender. And he's 21. Yeah. I mean, you're asking to take, again, and he's and something that ever since I saw him, I was a Syracuse fan, Michael Carter, I love big guards, and he's 6'6". Yeah. And a 6'6 point guard who can distribute, to get his hands in the passing lane, shoot 80% from the free throw line and average 20 a game at 21. I love that pick. I, I he's He's super underrated now. He's gonna be a guy in like three years. We're gonna we're gonna be like, wow, he's a top ten player in the league. Yeah. Um, he, the Thunder did really well for themselves getting him. They are, I I love that pick with Gilgis there. Sam Presti is really just an incredibly good. He's great. Yeah. Good. He's great at building good teams. Yeah. But trading Harden a year early was, a, was that's his that will go down as his a disaster. Yeah. Was it really a disaster? The way he's rebounded, the way he kept them competitive after Durant left was... I mean, they've made the playoffs yeah. every year, which is amazing. And the way he somehow maneuvered this past summer to get rid of 
Westbrook and George and set themselves up for the future and then still be a playoff team this year is nothing short of incredible. But we've never seen him be able to put the finishing Agreed. touches on a team. So, And we'll see if he'll be able to do that. But he has Shea. And, I mean, they have Steven Adams under contract. But then they also have their own pick this year. They have Denver's pick top 10 protected this year. They have their own pick next year. Miami's pick next year. Their own pick in 22. The Clippers pick in 22. And then they're, they have like 10 picks yeah, it's crazy. in the next couple of years. Which they're year. inevitably going to package for someone else yeah. once Shea starts to really blossom. So they're, they're a fun team to watch for the next... The, the West is going to be awesome for the next yeah. four or five, ten years even, probably. It's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. The NBA will be back in a couple of months. We'll get to see these guys finish off the year. We'll see if Shea Gilgis can have a, an exciting playoffs. We'll see if other guys can step up. We'll be back next week. We don't know the topic yet, but that's kind of what we do here at Couch Talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll put out some polls. We're going to sit on a couch and we're going to figure it out. It could be the MLB. It could be college football. It might be NFL again. But, you know, we'll be here every week and we'll have something different each time. And if there's something you guys want to hear, just let us know and we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. All right, Ari, it was great talking to you. Yeah, that was fun. I'll see you on the couch next week. All right, sounds good.